You might perhaps be as surprised as I was when earlier this week I learned what one of the, one of the symbols is on the official seal of the University of Kansas. I'm not, for the record, I'm not showing where allegiances lie. I'm wearing purple for mass. But I was surprised, nonetheless, to discover what one of the official symbols on the seal of the University of Kansas is. We might expect it to be a Jayhawk or a basketball. We might expect it to be dollar signs or, you know, a picture of the state of Kansas. None of those things. One of the images on the official seal of the University of Kansas is the image that we just heard about in the first reading. Moses, barefoot, kneeling before a bush that is on fire, but not being consumed. That is one of the highest, perhaps the highest thing that a human being is capable of, is recognizing and submitting his life to what is true. And so the goal of every honest university, I'm not saying that KU is a great or bad example of this necessarily. I don't know that I'm an expert to speak on that. But the noble goal of every person and of every institution ought to be to place ourselves in the spirit of receptivity to the God who is true. Our goal in in this human story and in this human life is not making money. It's not gaining power. It's not pleasing ourselves. The purpose of our human life is wonder and awe in the sight of the true, the good, and the beautiful. And so Moses is for all of us a beautiful example today of kind of what it takes to get there. And some of us maybe know the famous story, some of us maybe don't, but Moses at this point in his life is literally running away from Egypt. He's been banned from Egypt. There's a warrant out for his arrest. And so he's fled town and is kind of wandering through the wilderness. And then he comes to this bush that is on fire, but not being consumed And he hears this voice that's talking to him. And Moses has a really beautiful gift present in him that we see in this moment. Moses is situationally aware. Unlike most children of God in 2022, Moses is not scrolling through his Instagram feed at this point in his life. Moses is not lighting up social media to let the whole world know how difficult his life is and how wronged he has been and how judged he is that he's been banned from Egypt. Moses is not wallowing in self-pity. Moses has stopped scrolling and has started living. And so Moses, in this moment, is able to recognize, wow, there's a bush in front of me that's on fire and it's not being consumed. That shouldn't be happening. Wow, what's going on here? Brothers and sisters, if we had some of that situational awareness in our life, if we lived in the freedom to be able to stop scrolling and to start living, we would also come to recognize that there is so much in our hearts, in our stories, and in our world that does not make sense if there is no God. Do you recognize that there is an infinite desire that is in you? For life, for love, for victory, for happiness. That desire is infinite. If there is no God, should you have an infinite desire? No. Things can't give what they don't have. And so if there's no God and everything just was created by a random big bang at the beginning of the universe, random big bangs should not produce an infinite longing in the hearts of human beings. The fact that we have an infinite longing for truth, for happiness, for meaning, for purpose, for life, for love... That should tell us something if we are situationally aware. 
The universe operates in a way that is not disordered. The universe operates in a way that is knowable, intelligible, and ordered. That should tell us something, because random explosions do not create amazingly precise order. And so if we were situationally aware, like Moses, we would recognize that God's footprint is literally all over creation. And if we were brave enough and honest enough to stop scrolling or stop living for the next Netflix series, the next YouTube video, the next, the next, the next, the next, and we allowed ourselves to actually start paying attention to what is stirring in us, to what is stirring in our world, to people's desire for the true, the good, and the beautiful, for their longing for life, for happiness, and for love, we would also be opening ourselves to an encounter with a divine being. But the problem is that even when we are willing to be situationally aware, we're willing to be surprised and to meet God, I think one of the big problems in our culture today is that we kind of presume that we have to stop living in order to be God's friends. That like God is kind of like not our friend. He's more almost like our enemy or um, our adversary in a sense. That like if we start living for God, that means that our life is going to become less and less and less meaningful and good and beautiful and like we're going to be less fully alive. Brothers and sisters, nothing is further from the truth. It is intellectually dishonest, as God showed us in the first reading today, to even think that we're going to cease being fully ourselves and fully alive if we allow God more and more into our lives. Father, what the heck are you talking about? So God introduces himself to Moses, and I love how this goes down. God's like, hey, Moses, I'm sending you to Egypt to go and to free my people. And Moses looks at God and is kind of like, are you nuts? There's a warrant for my arrest out there. They're going to throw me in prison as soon as I come back. And Moses gets into this long dialogue with God about why he's the wrong person to be sent to Egypt. And at no point in this dialogue is God like, you know, Moses, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. No, God has an answer for every one of Moses' questions. And so the last one is the one that we just heard where Moses tells God, he says, look, if I go back and I say like, like there was this bush on fire and I heard this voice talking to me and like now I'm here, no one's going to listen to me, God. Who do I tell them has sent me to free them? And so God reveals his holy name to Moses. And what is the holy name of God? We just heard it in scripture today. Yahweh. I am who am. When God tells us his name, God is so perfectly simple that when he tells us who he is, he also reveals to us what he is. Think of Jesus. Jesus literally means God saves. Who is Jesus? God saves. What is Jesus? God who has come to save. God is so perfectly simple that when he tells us who he is, he is also telling us what he is. And so the holy name of God, Yahweh, I am who am. What is God saying? God is saying, I am he who is. What exactly does that mean? That means so all of us have existence. All of us exist. The candles here in the sanctuary exist. My iPhone, the books here, the molecules in our body, our cells, everything that we have exists. God is not some other thing that exists. God is existence itself. Everything that exists participates in him, is held in existence by him. God is being itself. He is existence itself. And brothers and sisters, if we were going to do some honest philosophy, we would, we would recognize honest thinking tells us if there is a God, he has to be uncaused, uncreated, pure act, existence itself, being itself. Honest thinking tells us that. And so brothers and sisters, how cool is it for us to recognize 
that honest thinking and theology just agreed in sacred scripture. We live in a world that tells us that either you can be into religion and superstition and witchcraft, or you can be into honest thinking where you have to be an atheist if you do this. Brothers and sisters, nothing is further from the truth. Faith and reason are not enemies, they are friends, and they just agreed in this scripture. God is being itself. He is the source and the cause of all things that exist. And so what does that mean for my life today? It is intellectually dishonest for me to think that if I let being itself into my own being, if I let the one who is existence touch my existence, that I'm going to lose. That bush that is on fire, that is not being consumed, is more completely a bush than any other bush in the universe. A person who allows themselves to be touched by the God who is being itself, who is existence itself, loses nothing and gains literally the cause of their own existence. And so that's the crazy philosophy way of saying that when we give our lives over to Jesus, when we allow God to touch us, he takes nothing from us and he gives us himself, which is existence in being. We become more and more and more who we were made to be to the extent that we let God in and touch our lives. And so what an incredible honor and gift it is at this Mass and at every Mass for us to have that privileged encounter to be set aflame, just like that bush thousands of years ago, with the holy fire of God's love. God's love is a raging inferno of fire. And we have the opportunity at this Mass and at every Mass not just to touch it, not just to see it, but to enter into communion with it. Every time we come and receive Holy Communion, brothers and sisters, we are set aflame in an even greater way than that bush in the first reading. We are set on fire, and that fire is beautiful, and it purifies, and it strengthens, and it is a sign of joy and of God's presence in this world today. And how the world needs more burning bushes. How our culture could use so many more people who are set aflame with the divine holy fire of God's love and are so consumed with joy, with love, with truth, with mercy that they get people in this culture to stop scrolling and to start asking, what is it about this person that they are so on fire but they are not being consumed? This person seems to be fully alive. Do you know that St. Irenaeus of Lyon, one of the early fathers of the church, he taught the first Christians that the glory of God is man fully alive? Jesus tells us in the Gospel of John, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Our God desires for us to live. He desires to give us his life. And that raises us in our being and in our existence. We do not become less when we allow the Lord to touch us we become more and more aflame with his existence, with his mercy, and with his love. Brothers and sisters, what would happen in our world today if we ourselves stopped scrolling and started living? Wow, what an incredible encounter and witness we could be to our families, our relationships, and our world.